Hello, friends. Welcome to another episode of the Point Forward Podcast. I wish it was as nice in Chicago and Minneapolis as it is in Augusta, Georgia, but despite the fact it's been snowing a lot this week, we will uh, we're going to be covering a lot of we're going to be looking on the bright side and covering a lot of great NBA action. And uh, joining me in the in the booth today is my good friend PJ. PJ, what's up? Yes, I'm here on 18, and the the greens are breaking slightly to the right. We've got a a nice wind coming off the back end of the of hole 11 here, and uh, and Tony Tony Fanu just snapped his fucking ankle and popped yeah. it back in. Good God! <laughs> so I wow, I I know that describing a video not necessarily the the most effective thing to be to be commenting on in a podcast but if you haven't seen the video of the of the um i forget well so today or on wednesday is when they do the par three right and that's when all the kids come out and and stuff in augusta and uh it was an unbelievable hole in one and i thought that he just like kind of rolled his ankle and sprained it a little bit but nope his foot just straight up was not a part of his leg (laughs) that was that was brutal uh but anyway it is gross uh, it was you know what really sucks is that i I picked him in a i was one of my master pools i was doing i picked him and then that happened i was like yeah can i switch him out they're like yeah sure so i picked someone else now he's like finished with a minus three today so yeah he's still kicking ass which boy do i feel like an idiot yeah, I mean Tiger was plus one today. Did you watch? Did you watch any of the Masters? Say I didn't have I a watched chance to, a lot to of talk it. to any of it. We've we've got, you know, a lot of our. I mean, a lot of our friends are are you know somewhat to very into golf and yeah. I got the day most off. Of I guess today. you probably should. Yeah, that was that was my purpose basically of being having the day off was to just watch golf and. But fuck that dude. Yeah, Tony Fanu. That's not even how you say his name. I'm sorry. Um, <laughs> yeah, that sucked. Though. It just sucked. Like, I was like, oh, yeah, I liked him going into this, and now he's doing well, and I am no longer able to have him. But <laughs> well, shout out to the dude for having a really embarrassing moment and then being able to turn it around and like, playing well, but... I kept saying to myself, I'm like, oh, it's going to swap. It's going to get stiff. Like, he won't be able to do this all weekend. That just goes to show you that if you pick a guy going into Wednesday that gets hurt before the first round, stick with him. Well, that happened to me last year with uh, Dustin Johnson, and luckily I did not stick with him because he didn't play in the tournament. Right. Um, Well, hopefully you had enough time uh, in between commercial breaks that – watching the masters to check twitter here and there because Woj dropped a bomb today he dropped and a bomb on us not baby the, not a tweet that you want to see though Kyrie irving out four to five months and we'll flatlined miss the his season has been flatlined <laughs> we'll miss the remainder of the season in playoffs which was a definite surprise at least to me i think that mm. if anything people thought that he might be you know the original diagnosis was he was going to be missing three to six weeks because of his surgery but it looks like his knee is just 
just not where it needs to be. And he's going to be out four to five months. Um, so what do you think this means for Boston as far as the playoffs, PJ? Do you think that the, they still have a shot at making it at least out of the first round? I think it's like, – I personally don't think they have much of a shot at even get to the conference finals, but do you disagree? Uh, we just want the Bucks to get the seventh seed. So if that's any indication, no, I do not really think the Boston Celtics have much of a chance as far as – the playoffs are concerned. I think it's, uh, I think it's kind of a wrap for them, but I don't think it's actually the worst thing for this team long term. And I think for Kyrie, especially long term, getting his knee right and making sure like that's all good is, is the smart move for him. It doesn't make sense for him to try to, because I do, I mean, I do think the Celtics might be able to win a first round matchup, but. Like outside of that, like what are they really? I don't. I mean, basically though, if you look at how they played last, I mean, them against the Raptors last night didn't inspire much either um, with that core group. So it just really, I mean, they've they've got nailed with injuries this year. I think it's it's fine for them to just collect themselves and kind of just you know play into next year and make sure things are all right. It doesn't. I don't think they don't want to. I don't think the Celtics nor Kyrie want to be put in a position where they're being labeled as like the team that just pushes guys and has them jeopardize their long term health just for one season to lose LeBron. No, I I agree with you, and I think it would maybe be a different situation. Like I, I don't, I have no idea for sure how terrible of shape Kyrie's knee is really in. Uh, there's just like this kind of an infection thing in it, you know, like, <laughs> right. But maybe it's something that after the surgery, he would have been able to kind of gut it out. Um, I think so. Well, I mean, just knowing, like, I mean, like he was talking about having this surgery and doing all this and was like his leverage against the calves, essentially. Um, so like it's something like he's needed to definitely get looked at and have um probably worked on it. I think he's been playing through it to a certain extent and just hit that point where it no longer made sense, but Well the point he I just needs to get it was right. Maybe if Gordon Hayward had never gotten hurt, oh maybe if they're just clicking sure. all cylinders and they they have a realistic shot at making a finals run that Kyrie pushes through the pain and uh tries to tries to you know make it work and at least you know have a shot have a shot at a championship but i don't think the way that the celtics roster despite how good they've been this year despite injuries uh they just don't really have a shot even if Kyrie is 100 percent, let alone you know 75 or 80 percent after the surgery or maybe even not quite to that point so i think it like it like you, I I agree that if you're not a hundred percent, Celtics are, are have a good chance at having a, another early pick this year, or um, you know maybe that falls to next year. But they're they're gonna get Hayward back. You get Kyrie back a hundred percent, ready to go by training camp, and you start fresh next season. And I think that you know that's next year is when they're trying to make the run, not this year. Right. Plus, I think maybe LeBron's out of the conference next year. Yeah, I. It just doesn't make 
any sense. And and I think Kyrie did go into also like the factor of him just going into a contract year next year. I want I want to be right for that. Like I don't want to be grinding out through a playoff series where I may lose and then I'm kind of playing behind the eight ball mm-hmm. when it comes to my contract year. And I think the Celtics too, like for them to be able to invest in him, I think they want to know everything's right. So I think for all sides it made sense. I don't really I'd be pretty shocked if I heard people come at this and and say that it was the wrong decision by any chance. I don't think it's it just it's a smart, safe uh move in, in many ways. And I just I don't really see a, a in this situation where they're at right now, like like you said, that if, if you have all other parties are, are healthy and you're you're you'd be at full strength if Kyrie came back, sure, maybe. But this team was already battling and was kind of all I mean, literally from the get go was behind the eight ball as far as their team potential. Um so yeah, I think it it just makes sense. Let's get everyone right and look to next year. Um, and I think if you're a Celtics fan, you've got to be okay with that and just kind of swallow this. And there was nothing really about this year that, and I think if anything, there's lessons from last year's team that you would take this and kind of go, okay, yeah, this is the smart long-term move, even though if right. it kind of is a buzzkill right now in the middle of the season when you're really essentially – you might be the second best team, but you really can't get hyped like you're the second best team in the East. Yeah, and, well, um, I I just noticed the we're recording this on a Thursday night. And I just noticed the the box score, and it's looking like the Wizards are going to pick up a game on them. So they, the seven yeah. seed is looking less and less likely for the Bucks. But hey, anything could happen. One would think you could beat the Brooklyn Nets, but you know what? Hmm. Brooklyn's feisty. Well, that's I mean that's good for my other part portion of my basketball fandom, but Brooklyn, I don't know why you're not trying more. <laughs> yeah, trying to knock the Bulls a little, moving the Bulls on a up, bit better of a chance. Um, moving on up, <laughs> moving on up that draft board to get Marvin. But they're uh, going into tonight. Let's move to the Western Conference now, Peach. So the Western Conference. We've hit on quite a bit the last couple of weeks, just how cluttered <laughs> the, the bottom half of this conference is. And I feel like we've avoided this subject, but it's it's about time we actually really get into it. I think we should probably, yeah. And, and the, the reason being why tonight is a perfect opportunity to talk about this is, uh, you know, we're fresh off the Spurs losing to Lakers, which leaves them at 45 and 34. Jazz are playing the Clippers and have have a lead in that game, so it's looking like they're going to pick up a W, and they're likely going to finish in the middle of the pack of this conference, barring a couple losses in a row at the end of the year. And they still have a game. I believe they still have a game left against the T-Wolves, so that could be uh, a big game as well, but um, I, I could be wrong on that. But in the second half, or the bottom half of the conference, Spurs 45-34, Thunder with the same record, T-Wolves a half game behind. Behind, or a game back in the win column, uh, followed Pelicans with the same record, and the Nuggets, a uh, a full game behind the Pelicans and the T Wolves. And it just so happens that tonight the T Wolves play the Nuggets. 
which uh, the Nuggets desperately need to win their final two games against T-Wolves, both to make up some ground in the standings, but also for a tiebreaker potentially between those two teams. Um, Jimmy Butler's returning tonight. Now, I, I haven't seen... Of Jimmy Buckets. I haven't Return seen... Return of if, Jimmy Buckets. Haven't seen if he's going to start. Uh, but you you got to think... There, he's active. Yeah, Tibbs, he's active, so you, I would, my, I'd be willing to bet that Tibbs is going to give him 40 minutes tonight. <laughs> <laughs> I mean... Welcome back, Jimmy. Have 40 minutes, why don't go, you? Go lead the team to victory. See how... Let's see what your game shape's like. Yeah, so that's... Uh, tonight's game's going to be huge. The, huge. the Nuggets really need it. If they lose it, they'll be two games back of the T-Wolves. Essentially the out have, of the playoffs. Yeah, they if they lose tonight, they it's not looking good for them. Um, so the out of the way the way things stack right now, PJ, what do what do you what's your prediction as far as how things are gonna uh, end up? Well, I do kind of think our despite the fact that I don't want to rub salt in the wound of our good friend Will Ducey, I do think the Nuggets are gonna be outside of the playoffs. Um, as far as the seeding goes, I'm not really ready, ready to, uh, lay myself down with any of these teams. Like who's going to be the four seed in all this, because I honestly don't like from that perspective, I don't think anyone can reasonably look you in the eyes and tell you, they know how this is going <laughs> to end with these teams. Um, cause it is just changed so much and it's pretty wild. Just like, there's nothing can be definitively set outside of like Utah could technically still st- steal the three seed from the trailblazers. I'm pretty sure. Um, so like, even though the fact yeah, that trailblazers they're, they're rock- technically not out of it. Yeah. Even though the rockets, uh, warriors and blazers have all locked up playoff spots. Like you still have that craziness going on. Um, I really want the Pelicans to make it. Like, if that's something I can really put a stake into, I just... And I do want the Timberwolves to make it because I just... I don't want there to be situations where, in those two instances, that... So, for the Pelicans' sake, like, Boogie's contribution, him being hurt, like... But just how good Anthony Davis has been, like, I just think it'd be a really like fuck you type thing if he's not like able to at least be be in the playoffs like he's played fantastic um and minnesota was good for so so much of this year and just it would be dumb for them to not be in it just because jimmy unfortunately was hurt thankfully he's back um but I mean, yeah, of the five spots in the seven teams, I mean, I would be pretty okay. I mean, I think the Clippers will definitely be out of it. I mean, on a personal note, I'd rather have Denver make it over San Antonio. But yeah. I think San before Antonio last is going to be in it. Before last night, the Spurs were playing really well. Spurs have played really well, but at the same time, like that's not gonna really do much for like in my my mindset of it is like I'd rather see Denver, which is a 
young core and like there's like potential like this group in and of itself is gonna is like building towards something or trying to at this point i'd rather have them get the playoff experience and like just because pop's an excellent coach and has been able to like coach the hell out of this team like even though like they're if Kawhi was playing yeah if Kawhi's gonna play like yes i'd want the spurs in the playoffs but that doesn't appear to be uh, necessarily a guarantee so i don't really want a Kawhi list spurs in my playoffs for like an entertainment perspective i'd rather have a a nuggets team try to go up against the warriors and try to like push it to five or six games like that in some ways is a little more interesting than having a Spurs team that just is like, all right, let's see how good of a coach pop really is. Like, cause that's right. only going to, you're only going to get so far from that. And like the storyline there is really just, Oh, what could the Spurs be doing if they had Kawhi? And I'd rather just be more focused on like, here's a core group of guys that like a team is building around and is trying to move forward with in the case of the Nuggets and uh, I'd rather just see that what that looks like so that they can then make some decisions because they've got a few important ones themselves that they need to make, and I think a, a playoff series at least would help them be able to understand. And, I mean, if you look, like, I mean, Will Barn just turned down a contract offer from them for an extension. So, you know, let's see if how that guy plays in a playoff series if they have to offer him more, but... They literally offered him the max they were allowed to. So, right. I mean. Yeah, but it, that's going to be an interesting contract this offseason just because very but, few teams have money. But I think someone will give Will Barton more than what the, the Nuggets offered him, which is too bad. I don't know, though, dude. I Maybe. There's not a lot of cap room, though. Like we've talked about before, Like there's just not a lot of teams that can really offer much. I could see him taking – a shorter term deal somewhere for more money, but but he's not. I don't bigger know role. if he's going to get more per year than ten and a half. Wasn't it a four year forty two million dollar? Yeah, dude, look at what Lou Will signed. Like, oh, dude, like I thought. For, Lou I Will's thought in his thirties, dude. But Lou Will's going to probably be the sixth man, which we're going to talk about later. Like, no, I know. I mean. That's what the market I'm not saying, is. I'm not That's saying he isn't having is. a great, great year, but guys, guys like that when they're in their 30s don't age as well. Will Barton's young; he's in his mid 20s. Yeah, so he gets another contract, and he's bigger. He's more versatile. He can guard more positions. Like there are a lot of, there's a lot more value, I think, in a guy from Will Barton. But the market is what the market is. Yeah, I mean, Will Barton's 27, but Look, I'm not saying that he's going to get paid 20 million dollars a year. I'm saying that he could probably get 15. But from what team? Kings are going to have cap room. Sixers are going to have cap room. Bulls will have cap room. I mean, any of there those aren't teams... a lot of there aren't a lot of big name free agents. So if they're looking yeah, just for that three, LeBron James, Paul George guy, it's those two guys. But I think yeah. that we know what teams like those guys aren't going to go to the, some of the teams that I just mentioned mm-hmm. because those guys don't have like except maybe Philly. Well, LeBron but, should probably just come to Chicago. It makes the most sense for everyone involved. <laughs> oh, yeah, I agree. My point being, PJ, that three and D wings, and especially with Will Barton, that has some playmaking ability too. Is Will Barton a true three and D wing though? Man, he's six six seven. 
I necessarily haven't ever seen Will Barton play a, a level of defense where I'm like, yeah, that's something. I mean, he's a very good playmaker, and I think he's an, a very good guy to have come off your bench or maybe be your fifth best like starter. But I thought the the contract. I mean, I could understand him being like, no, I don't want four. Like, give me two and a player option. Like, so I can get back into free agency sooner. Like, there's something like that. But I don't think he's going to get the per year. I don't really see him getting a higher number than what he was offered. I I could see him signing a two-year, $30 million contract somewhere. It wouldn't surprise me. We'll see, man. We'll see. I, I don't think that Will uh, – You're going to sign with I, I think that there's – I think there's value. I think, th- yeah. I mean, I think that there are a couple of teams that could, they would be willing to pony up more money than that. But he's going to go to a worse team. That's my only like. But maybe he wants an expanded role. That's. That's fine. This like, year yeah, he's playing. Make, he's playing that, thirty-three minutes a game, which is you know about standard, but he's averaging fifteen points, five rebounds, four assists. But he doesn't even really have the ball in his hands that much. Jokic no. and Murray have the ball no. in their hand a lot more. Yeah, no, you're that's fair, but like so that that I'm just that could also be part of his motivation too. I'm just speculating, but that yeah, that, like he's on a team that is has so many wings on it's it. Position logged as fuck. <laughs> and this was also he also had an expanded. I think his his roles expanded quite a bit this year. He had never averaged thirty minutes per game until this season. So maybe. This offseason, yeah. there's he actually signed something. Maybe he signs a shorter deal with the Nuggets, and a lot could happen there. Anyway, this has turned into a, a very long-winded Will Barton discussion. But in my back to the back to the Western Conference playoffs, I in my <laughs> perfect scenario, the Spurs end up getting the eight seed and they play the Rockets because that would just be, I oh. think, such a fun mind fuck between those two teams. And seeing James Harden have to go against them for the second year in a row, I think would be really interesting. Uh, and I don't, um, and you know, that's not even taken into into consideration the prospect of Kawhi coming back. I don't think that he's going to. I'm going to no. assume he's not. And then, but the way that I think things stand at, or are going to shake out. So the, the Rockets, Warriors, Trailblazers, uh, you know, Rockets, Warriors, obviously are going to be stuck there. I don't think the Trailblazers like lose enough games here down the stretch to fall out of the third place. I think the Jazz stick at four. Mm. I think this, I think we get then from there, I think Thunder shake out at the five seed followed by that, I'm not. Spurs, T-Wolves, and I, I think the Nuggets are, are going to end up falling out, and I think Pelicans say. So the way things stand now, I think, is, is the way it ends up being, but the Thunder jumping the Spurs. See, I mean, I would like the idea of the Spurs dropping to the AC at least. I would like, I just want it to be set up in a way that I can potentially get OKC versus Golden State. If I have to swallow that and take it in the first round, I'll do it. But I'd like it as a second round matchup. So I'd like them to either be the five or the seven. I would personally really enjoy a nice. Timberwolves Trailblazers series, that'd be fun. We do um, not, definitely don't want a T Wolves Rocket series because that's going to be no four games that aren't very close. 
No, I don't want that. I want I want the T Wolves to have a chance in their first playoff run since two thousand four. Um. So yeah, I I guess if I if I were to pre- not predict, but because I don't really, I literally have no fucking idea. But if I were to make these seedings as I wanted them to be, <clears throat> I would have it be Rockets, Golden State, Trailblazers. Thunder, Jazz, T-Wolves, Pelicans, and then the Spurs. Spurs. Yeah. That would be the... Pelicans, Golden State would be interesting. Yeah. I think that's going to be your most entertaining kind of series for the most part. Like, as far as first round stuff goes. And then just the Bucks, we really... Oh, God. Oh God, oh, Ultra! Jeez, oh, I'm sorry. Sorry, we're boring you here. Yeah, I'm just so bored thinking about the Bucks having to just like play four games against the Celtics before they sweep them. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you're on record as saying yeah. that. So I just can... really want the Bucks to get the Celtics in the first round. So let's just I, make that happen. That that is clear. I don't. That's a bad matchup for them, no matter what. But for the Celtics. Or for the for Bucks. the for the Bucks, yeah, that's a bad matchup. It's a bad they're, matchup they, against the Celtics. They are going to they are going to get out coached so badly against the Celtics. I honestly, oh. I think that I think they might win more games against the Cavs than they would the Celtics. I don't want There's that a, though. I don't. I want. I want my LeBron, know, Giannis, Eastern Conference you, Finals. I know. I know you don't want that. I know you don't want that. Um, I mean, so yeah, I guess I can say this. Yeah, I'm really like. Maybe I'll be the first to say it, but I was really thinking about this like over the weekend. I really want David Fisdale to be the Bucks' next coach. I like it. That makes sense. Like that, I feel like when I like thought about it, I had a nice like existential moment where I was like, David Fisdale should really just be the Bucks' next head coach. Like that makes the most sense, right? And then, you know, obviously I was in a room by myself and no one answered, but my dogs looked at me and didn't, you know, bark. So I figured, like, they accepted that answer, too. So we think that David Fizzell should probably just be the Bucks' next head coach. Well, I'm glad that Rusty agrees. That's all that really matters in my opinion. Yeah, I mean, in the end, like, that's really what you're looking for in in life is just to have one person agree with you. It's kind of why I have this podcast, but... Um, despite all that, like, yeah, that just like kind of made sense to me. So, um, yeah, Joe, old Joe is, has been fine. He's definitely made them more of a look like a basketball team than Jason Kidd did. But I think, I think that Giannis really needs an off season still. He's, uh, down the stretch here is not invoked as much confidence as I want to give him. Although I would also like to say, if anyone watched Sunday night's game against the Nuggets, his offensive foul against Jokic was complete bullshit. Um, <laughs> fuck that game in general. We are going to take two seconds to shit on that game because, oh, my God, the hours, the minutes and hours that were spent during that game and Tony fucking brothers and his whole staff just fucking over both teams. Like that was last, a bonkers last couple, drunk dumb the game. The last couple minutes in particular were 
pretty bad. The last like eight minutes of the fourth quarter, the entire overtime was just dog shit. Bad. Well, it was tough. It was a real. It was a real bad end of the Easter Easter Sunday. Yeah, you would have thought that they'd be in a better mood and would be looking to be pretty fair yeah. on a day like that. But yeah, it was not. a really bad day for Jesus to come back if he saw that crap. <laughs> like, I'm gonna go back in this tomb for another day. Hit the snooze button. <laughs> should we? Should we move on to uh, our awards? Award prediction speech. <clears throat> sure, Ultra. Would that make you happy? So that would make me happy. So Let's start we got, with MVP, right? If that's what you want to start with. So it's obviously going to be Russell Westbrook. <laughs> hey, that was your take last year. I know. I want to have that debate now. A year, almost a year later. Let's have so the debate we never got to have. Let's almost end the friendship in the way we never got to. You're ride. You're riding with Russ again, huh? Mm, I mean, the only thing I'm going to have to say is that Russ is close to averaging a triple double again. He's really close. Although I will say this: if Russ, so I don't think he's going to. But also on those same merits, like I know we're going to talk about like first team. We're going to like kind of do, we're trying to we're still trying to figure out how we want to do like a player ranking recap of the season. That we're going to bring to you folks next weekend. But um, just like thinking about like in some context of Russ's season this year, if he goes from MVP to then like almost averaging a triple-double this season and not making NBA first team, like everyone that voted on that shit is an idiot. Well, and that's the thing is that he – his numbers are going to be really similar. So like last year he finished with 31.6 points, 10.4 assists, and, and um, 10.7 rebounds a game. This year he's yeah, sitting I mean, his at, points dropped. Yeah, his points dropped almost 26 points, 10.1 assists, 9.9 rebounds. And four or five days from now it easily could be – he could easily be averaging a triple-double at that point. And then you're gonna to like that all of us, and the record is going to be almost exactly the same as last year. It's gonna be very, very close. But they so, added Melo and Paul George. <laughs> yeah. So, dude, I think this just helps my. That's just dude. this just helps my argument as to why James Harden should have won it last year. Probably, but I think Russ. <laughs> so you admit it. Wow, I did not think I didn't think I was gonna get that from you. Well, it's just I mean, a year later, I mean, fuck, <laughs> dude. I've just been I've been through such an up and down with this Thunder team, dude. It was it's very the, emotional. It was the I knew the minute I like was like the beginning of the season when I was like, yeah, I'm in on this Thunder shit, and fuck, dude, it's been the worst. It's been the most frustrating thing ever. Yeah, it has been. It has been for a team that I like have zero tie to, but I just like a lot of their like. Holy shit, man! The whole thing is just pretty surreal. Um, 
but so like this is like the crazy thing is like this is a very long-winded way of saying that that James Harden is the pick for MVP, right? No, dude, James Harden's in so much better this year than he was last year. It's just like, like yeah, I mean, like James Harden's like showing stuff he's done before, like, but this, no, I mean he's definitely like has been much better this season than he was last year. I just I think if you put it in the context of like. Russ's season last year and like what he had versus what he has this year and he's virtually putting up the same numbers but like pieces in like names and all that change and it's still kind of the same result I mean it hurts it a little bit James Harden's numbers are down this year compared to last year well but okay but if he's you watch the less game, games yeah be, exactly be, you watch the fucking games dude like he's in, been insane this year. Like he, he literally has just been a fucking assassin. Like the Rockets team in general. Like I'm, have been very impressed with. I'm very much so looking forward to a Western Conference between them and the Warriors. But like, I will say this: like for a regular season team, there's been outside of what I can think of as the Warriors, and like. Probably before that would be like the stretch when the the Heat went on that twenty seven game winning streak, where it's just like I don't care what these teams like, what their what the score is going in the fourth quarter. Like they could be down twenty, and I'm still like, yeah, they probably could come back and win this still. PJ, couldn't you make the argument though that James Harden is less valuable this season though, since they have Chris Paul? No, because. Because I think if you took Chris Ball office and you saw it every all those other players, I just think yeah, like you, you put you just put more on James. Like I don't think long term. I think regular season wise, I think they could still have ended up this way. I think long term wise, when you put it in focus of like their playoff prospects, I think Chris that's where the Chris Paul factor comes into play. That like they're legitimately a, a contender for the championship this year. And if you just if you took this team and removed Chris Paul and you just have like James Harden and a bunch of like really good role players, I don't I'm not as like in on that idea of them being a, able to go, you know, six, seven games with the Warriors as as I am with them right now. Cause they they did really build this team a, a, a really great way to at least, in my opinion, do have an extended series of the Warriors and have guys that can are interchangeable enough that there's a chance. But not that I'm saying it's a strong chance. But okay, there- so I, I'm gonna I'm gonna make my case for why James Harden had just as big of a stake for MVP last year as this year. Okay. So this year he's averaging thirty points a game. Eight assists a game, five and a half assists a game. Okay. Last year, 29, 11, and eight. This year, he has. So his Chris numbers Paul. are better this year. He, he is scoring a point more. Yeah. His assists are, th- he's averaging two and a half less assists a game and almost three less rebounds a game. So. Um, What's he shooting? His he, shooting percentage he, has to be up this year. His effective field goal percentage is. is uh, point or 1.5 percent higher this year yeah and this is all with chris paul being on the team yep sounds like a better season to me 
sounds like a a minusculely small better like wow. I, i'm not like i I, I, huh? I think he i think he is having a better year this year but i think that it is not by very much and yet last year it was well russ russ has just as much of a stick you know he deserves it just as much as as harden does and this year russ isn't even in the discussion that doesn't make any sense I mean, no, I mean, the rust part, like, not being, yeah, that's weird. But, I mean. <laughs> okay, all right. Like, I'm, I'm not that, I'm not denying that, but I'm saying, I think James Harden is having a better season this year. I do, I do too. I just don't think it's very, by very much. Uh, I mean, he's got a better, his team has a better record. Yep, but is that only him? I think a lot of it has to do with him. I think at, I think he's having a better season, plus they added, Chris Paul, thus far, the team in and of itself is doing better. Oh, Ducey's wearing a Jokic jersey for this game, and he's sitting next to a bald guy. I literally can see him right now. Oh, shit. Shout out, Deuce. Deuce has got those uh, courtside seats for this uh, Nuggets (laughs) T-Wolves game. He's living his best dream. Yeah, that's... um pretty jealous but anyway so who is your pick for mvp this year pj oh yeah james harden okay all right james harden's both of our picks um how about for coach of the year this is a fun one i think but i i mean maybe we're just gonna both be the same guy so in my opinion it really should be fred hoiberg i think if you look at (laughs) sure Sure, sure, sure. I mean, Coach of the Year, I think, is tough. I would probably see. I, don't I think, think it's your. You going with Dwayne Casey? No, I'm going with Brad Stevens. Yeah. Oh, that's who I would go with. I would. I would pick either. Yeah. I mean, my pick would be Brad Stevens, but I think Brad Stevens. hundred. I don't think he's gonna win it. Really. No, I think Dwayne Casey's probably gonna win it, but I would pick. I would vote if I had if we only had a vote. Yeah, we're one of these years. Yeah, once we get that vote, I mean, we'll be golden. But um, I think Dwayne Casey will probably win it because people are just like, oh, you know, they they change their style, all this stuff. But I'm like, kind of like, I don't know. (laughs) I just like, I think, I think. Brad Stevens really had to be way more. <laughs> had to do a lot of coaching that maybe. I mean, yeah, Dwayne guy, Casey obviously implemented this guy a got different. 60, 60 combined games from his two best players. He's had the fourth best record in the league. Yeah, this, that's unbelievable. And that, I mean, so many and doing with like, a rookie, like a rookie is yeah. like your yeah. primary score for a lot of it. When he should have maybe been your fourth best option, scoring option, if you looked at it at the beginning of the year. Yeah, I, I'm not saying that, like, Casey definitely deserves some recognition because Toronto getting the one seed and almost, you know, they have a shot at winning 60 games, but likely are going to win, you know, just under 60 games. I never thought that their ceiling would be that high, to be honest with you. Like, DeRozan has been better. Lowry's been Lowry, but their entire team is just like he his rotations are spot on. Uh, he's done a really good job of developing Jacob Pertle. 
I thought that guy was going to be awful coming out of college uh, just after seeing him get his ass handed to him by DeMontis Sabonis in the, in the tournament. But he's turned into a good role player, and uh, that seems good. Ananobi fits right in with that what that team wants to do mm-hmm. and has been pretty solid. But Brad Stevens is my pick. Just some yeah, some uh, nights we'll, you got their third, fourth string guard out there, and they're just you know they're still winning games. No, okay. Well, I didn't know you were gonna go with uh, go with Brad Stevens. Cause yeah, then we're definitely in agreement. Um, how about defensive player of the year? So this one I've I've kind of gone back and forth on, but I think it's got to go to Rudy, even though he yeah. missed a lot of time. Man, we're agreeing on too much stuff. Damn, damn, three times. I just, ugh, <laughs> it's really tough for me to give it to anyone but him. Like he's been really fucking good. <laughs> I mean, yeah, team team just. When you watch the Jazz, it's and yeah, you and I have talked about this before, just like seeing him in person. But teams just really got a scheme around, yeah. Him, and you just it's don't really taking me about three often. years, but I still go. Rudy Gobert is fucking huge. He's just. Do you, th- do you think that Embiid d- deserves no. to be considered here? No, I would give it to KD or Anthony Davis before I consider Joel. Yeah. Yeah, I probably agree with like. KD and his ability to switch. Or Draymond. I'm not going to. I mean, yeah, he, just, he's yeah. definitely in the he's in the conversation, too. I just think that consistently he hasn't been he hasn't been quite as good as last year. Um, yeah, I yeah, I would agree. So two more. Let's do sixth man and then wrap up with rookie of the year, which we talked quite a bit about last week. But sixth man, you already alluded to this a little bit earlier. It's a Lou Will. I alluded to it earlier. Yeah, I. Lou Williams had a great year. I actually don't have his numbers up in front of me, but I, mean, <laughs> I believe he's a. I believe he's a Clippers leading scorer. He's averaging twenty, just under twenty three points a game, and almost thirty three minutes a game, and. Yeah, he's really good. Um, he's had an insane year. It's like him really or have, Eric Gordon. You know, it's a real bummer because, yeah, two Rockets, X or an X Rocket and a, and a current Rocket. Uh, yeah, Patrick Patterson did not pan out for me there. That was, nope. that was not. <laughs> no, never mind. Yeah, he's uh, that's too bad. The ball ball bounces a few more times in my his way. I think he could have made a run for it. But. Nope. Uh, how about rookie of the year? So yeah, after our conversation last week, I mean, did you have some time to think? Yeah, it was mainly yeah a pivotal fantasy basketball matchup where this guy just fucking got me good. Um, going up against him, dude. Ben Simmons is really fucking good at basketball. Holy fuck. Like, I don't really think he should necessarily... I mean, like, yeah, we kind of talked about it. It's like, should he technically be rookie of the year or not? But, like, all these measurements, yeah. I mean, just, like, based on how the rules are, yes, he's eligible for rookie of the year, and he should fucking win it. He's been really fucking good. Yeah, to me, to me, he's an obvious choice. 
I don't really. I I, I understand. I mean, if Donovan, Donovan Mitchell, Mitchell wins it, I'll be happy as as hell because I've really. I mean, like, but it's really it, it comes down to them. I mean, despite yep. my my basketball hipster take last episode about how Jason Tatum isn't that far off. Granted, I still kind of stand by that. Like, I think Jason Tatum's name should still be involved in it, but it's it's tough. <laughs> I mean, it's tough to really compare it to what the, like, be even between what, just looking at what Donovan Mitchell and Ben spent, Jesus, what Ben Simmons has done. Like, Ben Simmons has been really, really good this season. And, and like, he's the last week without Joel – has like stepped it up in a really nice way, and I think just has shown because Joel missed some time at the beginning of the season, and it, I think like Ben Simmons struggled a little bit. So I just like to see kind of his growth this last week of just like understanding himself and um, his role, and just like what he needs to bring on a given night. And he's he is not really let up at all, and and frankly, I think has just been kind of a beast the last. M- week at least just in that short little sample size like that kind of won me over to him (laughs) well i mean uh, no i mean he it's been impressive dude i i i really like i hit on this quite a bit last week so i don't want to reiterate it too much but you want to tell me how i was wrong no no i mean i already told you that you were wrong (laughs) dom mitchell great year unbelievable for what he's done given it's the first year in the league and the jazz are asking him to do so much especially when ricky rubio sometimes when he's not shooting well you can't really play the guy and then it's it's donovan mitchell you know it's up to him to make plays uh he's it's just he hasn't been hasn't been very efficient um and he hasn't affected the game to the degree that ben simmons has and Ben Simmons just deserves to win it. His team's had more success. There, uh, he's he's my pick too. Um, so yeah, we'll uh, we'll definitely next week or next podcast we do here, we'll definitely hit on. You know, I don't know if like you said, I'm not sure if we'll run through our first, second, and third team All NBA guys, but we'll definitely kind of do a rundown of of some other players that have been great this year, but. Uh, I think we're up to shout outs, man. What do you what do you have to shout out this week? Uh so I first want I mean we were I know you hadn't really looked or not looked, but you just weren't really um really hadn't read up as much on the, the story about Stephen Clark. Um but just wanna shout out both DeMarcus Cousins and Matt Barnes. Uh so Stephen Clark if I'm sure everyone knows was a young man who got shot 20 times uh, by uh, Sacramento police. He was holding his cell phone in his grandmother's backyard. Um, they thought he was a suspect and for had his back turned and unfortunately uh, was killed in a police shooting. But uh there was the story which we didn't get a chance to touch on though just um was kind of developing when we were recording uh but there's a bunch of protests last week uh that ended up having the kings uh basically yeah the kings king stadium that 
no one was allowed to enter the stadium because of protesting outside of it and it was in relation to this this shooting which was a kind of a cool movement um but demarcus cousins uh, and, and matt barnes both stepped up and uh offered to pay for the funeral of stephen clark and um then matt barnes also um said that stephen clark's two kids he was gonna fund their their college uh when it when it came time to that because of the the events um and just you know just the sadness behind his uh really just an unfortunate death and something that shouldn't have occurred so just those two dudes really cool i mean demarcus is even i mean neither of these guys currently even play for the kings um and just so the fact that they're still tied to this community still care about it stepped up in that way um but yeah i mean stephen clark who's only 22 i mean he had two kids should not be dead right now in my opinion and i think in a lot of people's opinions so um you know one of those things that this is continuing to come up time and time again and you know this time it really did touch the uh sports world whether uh people want to stick to sports or not or whatever you want to say about it but just a cool cool thing by those guys um and they're continuing to be really involved and matt barnes was also really involved in like some of the the protests and the rallies that they were doing behind Stephen clark um so i just think it's it's another just really good example for the nba of just guys not only being a part of their communities but also you know when the time came you know giving back and, and doing you know things that really not necessarily is something that they need to do but um got just the uh, you know for both these guys who played and were obviously care a lot about the sacramento community to feel compelled to just step up in these in this kind of an instance um thought was pretty cool yeah, it was really cool, and that entire situation is just super tragic, and uh, I think you did a good job describing it, and a well-deserved shout-out for sure. Um, and a really cool part about the NBA where you see guys staying involved in their communities, yeah. you see that all the time with guys giving back, and good for DeMarcus, good for Matt Barnes, especially like Matt Barnes, sometimes sometimes Both like guys. known for some pretty... No, I just mean like... Matt Barnes is known for well, being doing some kind of kind of sketchy stuff. He's yeah. kind of he's kind but, of the enforcer when it comes to no, like most but, teams he's played with. And this just goes to shows that these guys like really care and uh clearly is Matt Barnes is a is a is a good guy at heart. Well no, but I think both I mean like Boogie has never really had any off the court issues, but just like his perception and how he's perceived even yeah, I mean, like, I can't say I've been a big Matt Barnes basketball fan. I think I've probably shit on him during this podcast from a time or two. Like, he's kind of a ridiculous character, but at the same time, like, he's, like, a real dude and does care. Um, so that's pretty – but, like, I just mean, like, yeah, if you put those two names and told me, like, you know, insert story here, I don't think a lot of people would be like, oh, you know, they did a really, like, you know, selfless – thing just be based on i think the perception that they're given you know in their time and in, in throughout the league and um i know i i mean i know just because i'm a, a boogie fanboy but it's like how demarcus feels about that that city and that community and stuff i mean he is really passionate about it so i mean when i saw that piece of it i was like yeah it doesn't 
surprise me a ton. I think it's really cool, but I just, I do think it's something that people need to make note of. And, um, I just hope in general, and I do think in, for the most part, they've gotten a lot of credit for what they're doing. Um, not that that's what they're, why they're doing it. I think they're just doing right by in trying to look out for their community and just what was a tragic situation in general. Um, but I do hope, you know, going forward that for both those, yeah, the, the narrative around them as well changes. And I do hope, you know, maybe they continue to, to help this community in whatever way they can. I know, um, based on the sentiments that were said by Vivek and, and some of the Kings and, and stuff prior to, or post that game last week and just, you know, moving forward, they want to be a part of it, um, and, and try to help spring about some change but i'd like to yeah i hope i hope boogie can have the opportunity to to help with that and and same with matt barnes you know whatever they can do i don't think uh it'll be a negative impact on on the community and just like in general like what positive change can come from it i agree man um the only shout out i had this week to uh completely switch gears is uh Shout out baseball. baseball. I haven't watched I haven't watched a ton of it yet, but I'm really like I it just really brought me back watching some highlights. Like I think the Yank the Yank <laughs> like I'm not a Yankees fan by any stretch of the imagination, but like their team is undeniably pretty interesting with just some of the dudes that just like crank home runs over there. Um They got I, some uh, busty some busty sluggers. They got some big boys over there. Yeah, uh, sure do. Uh, it doesn't feel like baseball should be back because the entire Midwest is covered with snow. Ultra is so anti-weather. Ultra is just like I really am. I really ultra. Am. If ultra, I'll tell everyone this right now. If you could, ultra is the typical guy that's like posting on Facebook and Twitter. It's like the weather. Last time I checked my calendar, it's April, not January seventy fifth. <laughs> Gosh. <laughs> Yeah, I am posting constantly on social media about this. Just and people said global warming was a thing. Cheese. I definitely definitely talk about it a lot on this podcast. Yeah. Big big weather guy you. You got anything else, man? Um yeah, I had two more. Um first off, shout out the Notre Dame women's basketball team and uh I really don't know if I want to tackle trying to pronounce her name, but the young lady that hit those two game winners. But oh yes, that shot in the national championship game might be one of the top like three best basketball shots I've ever seen in my Unbelievable. life. Unbelievable! It's it's is it Ogubale? I don't know. I do not know how to pronounce it. I'm I... sorry if I'm mispronouncing that, but. There was also a really fire tweet that I saw of it, which was like they photoshopped her face onto Michael B. Jordan's body from uh, Black Panther, and it's just like, is this your defender? Is this your best defender? <laughs> that's that's great. Um, so that was really cool. Um, another shout out and something that I'm now um, literally China Clay may have been replaced. He's China Clay is on some. So China Clay is is currently ranked uh, right below Fred Oiberg and Giannis Antetokounmpo as my favorite human beings in the basketball community. Sure, but there's a big threat. 
There's a big threat. There's a threat rising from the the West, um, and China Clay needs to to take this under advisement and understand that you know, obviously needs to focus in on the playoffs, but come this off season needs to step his game up because there's a there's something coming, Ultra, and it's it's dancing Boban. Oh. Dancing Boban. motherfucking Boban is one of the one of the best follows on on social if media. Literally, my new go to if I'm having a bad day is to find a clip of Boban dancing. And if you did not see the most recent one, it will be attached to one of the tweets or social media posts that we have of this podcast. Um, but Boban dancing pregame last week to God's plan was literally. One of the best Easter gifts you could be receive, <laughs> like post Easter wow. gifts. Like God definitely rose. It is yeah, it's because it is fucking great. So glad him and Tobias Harris are still on the same team together because their relationship is super funny. It is so funny, dude. But he he makes me giggle so much. His yeah, that whole thing is just brilliant. Talk about a big human, jeez. Oh, dude, yeah. I mean, that's that. I mean, that is like that whole perspective and just like him playing and all that. But just like 2020, this 2017, 2018 season, bringing Boban, the dancing Boban to to our lives is really important and impactful for all of us. And we should all feel like better people for knowing that it existed. Shout out, Boban. Um, All right. Oh, I, I had one more. I had one more. All it was right, just the right, uh, right. it was another Twitter one, but just Sports Talk Joe for doing a like very long thread of um, it just was the tweet was just like defense was tougher when MJ played and it's just a bunch of clips of just like bogus ass defensive plays where MJ scored on. It was just kind of funny to me. <laughs> so go find that. <laughs> Another video description. Yeah, I mean, guys, you know what? Like, if you're not if you're not in tune with the video, you know, music, sports, video, comedy. That's what the point forward is all about. Yeah, we just we really need to uh, we really need to make this uh, a video multimedia podcast for sure. Yeah, yeah. We'll we'll have a studio at some point. At some point, when you move up here. Whoa! I don't think so. I think you're coming down here. I thought that was what, what the terms of the agreement were. Uh, thank you everyone for listening. Check us out on uh, Stitcher, iTunes, Twitter, Facebook. Send us email.